This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we got a special guest on this podcast for... Those of you who, because it's been a while since. It's like Christmas right now. This is going to be a long intro, so guys, just stay with me. If you guys are new, meaning you haven't been here since we did the 2015 AFC West season preview, you might not know who this is, so he needs to be introduced again. He is a dear friend of ours. He's a dear, dear friend of mine, Skip. His name is Mike Zielinski, but on the podcast, he's known as Lions Guy. How's it going, Mike? It's going pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Actually, I kind of just barged in. Yeah, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike just kind of showed up. Like, he usually does. Like, hey, you know what? I'm coming into the cast today. It's like, okay, fine. Look. Even wearing a Lions shirt. He's wearing his Lions polo today. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is right. And he is the Lions guy. So for you Lions fans who said we need some more mm-hmm. Lions insight, is, here you go. This is my favorite podcast of the year right now because the Lions guy is back. <laughs> The Raiders, you're getting your parade again. Yeah, they're getting a double parade. They got the so parade last year. They we we did year. talk about that. What is your uh, what would be your record prediction for the Raiders? Got to go year? two more wins than I predicted. Seven and nine. Seven and nine this given year. that parade. <laughs> seven and nine. They got a parade last year at five. Yeah, now so. they get one at seven this year. And before we get started, I got to make a quick announcement. If you guys have not seen on the YouTube channel, we will no longer be on SoundCloud. After October 1st, if you're listening on SoundCloud to this podcast, make sure to go to blog talk radio backslash most valuable podcast after October 1st. That is where you're going to be able to listen to all of our podcasts here at MVP. We will no longer be on SoundCloud, but uh, we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. We're going to be talking some Joey Bosa and the San Diego Chargers. Mrs. Bosa. And Mrs. Bosa. We're going to throw in uh, Cheryl Bosa as well. We're going to be talking Blake Bortles. Is this Mrs. the make- Joey Bosa's mom. <laughs> Mrs. Joey Bosa's mom. And uh, is this the make or break season for Blake Bortles? And then we're going to be talking some quarterback battles later in the podcast. But Joey Bosa, still unsigned. Chargers haven't talked to him since July. I don't give a fuck it's been forever. Mark. Mm-hmm. Is he going to sign? Should he sign? Should he just shut up and sign the contract? He's going to sign. He knows he's got to play. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere else. The Chargers aren't going to trade him. So I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. I mean, he can go ahead and hold out all he wants, but he had issues where people were questioning him coming into the draft. So if you sit there and you say, I'm not going to play, suddenly everyone's going, yeah, we were right to question your work ethic. We were right to question your you know, your abilities, your mental abilities on the field and off the field. So everyone's going to think that this is great. We dodged the bullet and the Chargers are stuck, and then the Chargers are exactly stuck with a guy who doesn't want to play. I think he knows this. He has to just go ahead, sign that contract, because he's not accomplishing anything right now but making himself look like an idiot. I see a lot of similarities with Joey Bosa and the movie Billy Madison. That um, my favorite quote from Chris Farley is that Veronica Vaughn. Well, you can change this to um, that Cheryl Bosa is one fine piece of ace. And then um, the old lady comes. Who would eat twenty sack lunches? Well, role reversal. It's Cheryl Bosa. She wants to eat those twenty sack lunches the Chargers are providing, <laughs> but um, the Chargers don't have twenty sack lunches. No, they don't. And I mean. The only two, like, Mark, you say yeah. the teams that passed up on, 
the Rams and Eagles weren't going to pass up on him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, should the Chargers have passed up on him? And Mike, I'm going to say, if you guys have not seen the picture, you got to check out. Just type Cheryl Bosa into Google. You will not be upset with what you find. But well, if I was a 50-year-old, I'd commit adultery. That's what you said pre-podcast. I'm just thinking that a lot of teams right now are saying, man, if Joey Bosa fell to fell, us, we, we would have taken, taken him. him. Yeah. So right now they're thinking, hey, I'm glad I got Jalen Char- Ramsey. The Charger- I'm glad I got Eli Apple. Well, the Chargers are probably like, what the fuck were we thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, why the hell did we draft this guy? And the whole reason... Why they drafted this guy? J.J. Watt Jr. No, 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 no. It wasn't because of that. The whole reason why they drafted this guy, Laramie Tunsil. If what happened to Laramie Tunsil doesn't happen, the picture doesn't come out, they're taking Laramie Tunsil with this pick. And then Bosa is probably the Cowboy problem. I I put Bosa before Tunsil just for they they need pass rush. I think they would have given Phillip Rivers protection. If that picture never came out of Tunsil. Well, I'm not sure how the rookie contracts are structured, but he was a third overall pick, right? Yeah. Do you think it's the same shit if he would have fell back? Would he have been still been holding out as the only first-round draft pick who doesn't sign with another team? Or is it feeling it's just strictly the Chargers? I think it may be the Chargers. Because I think when I look at Joey Bosa, he came from a program like Ohio State where all they did was win. And now he's going to a program in the NFL where the Chargers, they're predicted. Not, I know in my personal rankings, they've got the Chiefs who are going to be really fucking good. The Raiders who are going to be really fucking good. You may be able to outbeat the Broncos, but probably not even because their defense is really tough. You're looking at a team that's probably going to be, even if you do outseed my win projection of three for you guys, you're looking at a team that still could be fourth in that division, and Bosa's probably sitting there going, I don't want to play for these guys. I don't want to play for a loser. I played for winners like Urban Meyer my career in Ohio State. I don't want to play for you. But my question is, what what would the alternative have been? You know, what did he think he was going to get otherwise? Because the only team that really was towards the top that – would have been kind of seen as the Dallas. lucky team is Dallas. And he wasn't going to go to Dallas. I think that's the team he was hoping for because up until up until the Laramie Tunsil picture came out, that was the team where it was like, okay, that, that's where he could go. He could be going Even to the Cowboys. There's no way that there's no way at all that Dallas would not have taken Ezekiel Elliott if he was on the board. They want to repeat the formula of success they had just two seasons ago. There's not a single player that they would have taken on the entire board besides Ezekiel Elliott. They could have the number one overall pick. They would have taken him because he was exactly what their team needed and also one of the best players on the board. I I can't believe that he would have gone anywhere else. You know, so I just look at these other teams and I'm like, at what point does he get to a team that he might have been happy with? Is it Chicago? Is it New York, the football giants? Is it, I don't know, is, like, I'm looking down, maybe the Raiders at 14? At what point would he have been like, yep, that's a good team. Well, where, where's I'm Joey Bosa's hometown off the top of my head? I think he's from Florida. I think he's from the Fort Lauderdale area. So mm-hmm. neither Ohio nor San Diego. Yeah. So maybe he up. really wanted to play for the Bucks Or Miami. Maybe. Maybe. I... The whole thing that the biggest thing with me in this situation 
that kind of mind bottles me is, oh, well, when his mom goes, well, we should we should have pulled an Eli Manning. It's like, what, 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 wait a second. Did you just say that you guys have the same amount of power as the Manning family, as the first family of football? You think yeah. you have that much power in this league? Get out of well, here. You know, Get out of here. Those Italian mothers, though, sons are number one. <sighs> Well, the Suns are number one. Yeah. Always. So he's God's gift to football. Right? I want to take his talents to South Beach. That way he cannot uh, miss out on Mama's cooking. Maybe. I mean, the, the whole thing for me is you don't have the leverage. You're not like, yes, you were good. I'm not, I don't want to say like you're not as good as you think you are. But when I look at Joey Bosa, it's all about I'm the best. I'm great. I'm this. And mm-hmm. you want that in a player. You want them to go out and think they're the best. But you're a fucking rookie. Just shut up, sign the deal, yeah. go play some football, prove yourself on the field. That's something that amazes me about this, too. If you remember his, uh, you know, all the combines and the pro days and stuff, people are talking to him and asking, do you think you're the number one player? Should you be taken number one overall? And he just pretty much blatantly says, yeah, I'm the best player on <laughs> the board. I deserve to be number one overall. So if you feel that way, I understand where he might think, like, I need to get the biggest contract, Antonio Brown style here. But I really think if you think you're the best player, okay, you might not get the best deal out there, but it's probably going to be the third best rookie mm-hmm. deal. Just go out there and play. Show us you are the best player. Just go ahead and do that because that's what you need to do. If you think you're the best, you got to go out there and you got to prove it on this team that might not be amazing, but they're not terrible. They can perform better than they do in recent memory. My biggest thing with this is for you know Mrs. Joey Bosa's mom – why would you make the Eli Manning conversation? Why would you make that comparison? One, because your family's well, nothing close to the Mannings. But also, it's this is your son's football team, and you're going to slap him in the face? That is still mm-hmm. That will forever be a sore spot well, in Charger history. Two things. First off, it kind of, like, after looking into it just a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, the two exact things that are holding both and the Chargers up is and I'm reading this from uh, the San Diego Chargers site on, on SB Nation. No, it's the number one is offset language and number two signing bonus, signing right? bonus mm-hmm. deferment. And it's one of those things where that's the little wiggle room. It's like okay, just shut up and play. And for the Chargers, this is a completely different mindset. Bringing the mother back into the conversation, a completely different mindset of a mother that they saw. Last year, this year, they see the mom that's like, well, we should have pulled an Eli Manning. We should have never even played for these guys or been drafted by them. Whereas last year, Melvin Gordon comes in. His mom wouldn't even fucking wear his jersey because his mom came in saying, you got to prove something to me before I put on your jersey. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. So Mrs. Gordon's not going to be wearing any Melvin jerseys anytime soon. But that even comes to my mind like mm-hmm. you have now a totally different mindset of mothers well i mean it's it's funny and i and i hate to say it as did you ever think we'd be talking about players mothers on this podcast i think actually this is the first. actually yes uh <laughs> well you get we're all all three of us are in some form of education that's yeah. what actually exactly what i was going all towards. the parent mindset yep is it's helicopter mom cra- i teach in rich suburbia yep holy crap do they want to think they're the teacher it's Helicopter mom. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah. So it's just so interesting to have this mom who, not that this is something completely unique because obviously the Manning situation, but mm-hmm. to have this mom come in and be like, no, 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 my son doesn't, he doesn't deserve this. I'm going to step in and I'm going to give my opinion. Not that he's she's the only mom to ever do this. Do you think Joey, Bo- and this is, I mean, digging into a situation we don't know about, do you think that Joey Bosa's the, I'm going to call him a kid because he is, is he the kid where it's like, uh, okay, you guys, this is the money you can get offered. Mom, is that a good deal? Should I take it? Well, I think he's definitely a guy who's getting opinions from the family. I mean, he's got football blood in the family. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think if, his brother's at Ohio State, yeah, too, and right his, now. And his dad played two or three his years His dad played. His, mm-hmm. his uncle was a, uh, at least a college player. I don't remember if he's in the NFL or not. But it's funny, though, that they talk about his dad all the time. It's like, your dad played for, like, three years. His, he had a short-lived career. Mm-hmm. Joey Bosa, you're risking the same thing because you're making yourself you're somebody a that— You're idiot. Yeah, you're making yourself somebody that play, our teams and franchises are just going to say, no, we don't want to deal with it because we don't want to deal with that family. We don't want your family disrespecting our organization right now. And I'm going to bring in something. This is kind of because of what just happened this past weekend. I know we didn't get a football game out of it because— uh, Something with the logo on the field. They couldn't get the paint to dry fast enough. But the Hall of Fame inductions were this past weekend. And one of the greatest speeches that everyone's like, oh, it was a great speech, was Brett Favre's. And when you think back to, I know Brett Favre, quarterback, different Mm -hmm. position. Maybe it's a different generational type thing. And maybe it was because Brett Favre was a second round pick, not a third overall pick. But I look at... I'm using Brett Favre as the example because this is the one, but there's tons of players that play like this. He even said in his um, John Gruden quarterback camp he recently did, he went out every snap, even when he was later in his career, every single training camp, every single game, every single practice, proving that I have to reprove myself so that so-and-so doesn't get benched. Because he's like, how did I get my job? I came in for the guy. The guy's like, oh, I'm going to get the job back. He uh, never got it. Joey Bosa needs that same mindset. Of, I'm you not know willing to hear that from Brett Favre, the man who skips OTAs every year. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just saying Joey Bosa No, I get a lot of players do that too. Th- but. but Joey Bosa needs to have that mindset. I'm going to sign the contract. I'm going to get to work, try to put a good foot forward for mm-hmm. this team because you're already – training camp's already started. This is where you as a rookie coming into – a new team, this is where you have to build those relationships. And the teams are the players that you're with now are going to be like, when you come in, fuck you, dude. You're yeah. the guy who tried to get more money. You're, you're only hurting yourself by yeah. missing your, mm-hmm. you're missing the playbooks and everything. Mm-hmm. You went through your rookie camp, but now that the vet, uh, the veteran mandatory was back in June, mm-hmm. totally hasn't been there on the field. Do you guys remember the movie Moneyball? Yeah. You guys remember the scene with the scouts where they're talking about like, oh, how's his girlfriend? Is she attractive? No, he must have bad eyes. You know, they're saying that. I feel like that's what this is. If I am a scout on any other team or even the Chargers, I'm sitting there going, this mom, this or this guy's letting his mom do all this stuff. His parents seem so involved. Does he got a brain for himself? Yeah, does this kid know how to function on his own? Or is he the kid who's just always let the parents, the strong family, take care of all the hard work for him so he's never had to really deal with adversity because mm-hmm. mom and dad were always there for him? That's the question that I have to ask now, and it's not a question I should ask. And people in the comment section are probably thinking it's a dumb question to ask, but hey, 
mom's the one who's who's speaking up here and it's not just a situation where mom speaks up because moms speak up all the time they do this type of stuff all the time dads speak up and they say things all the time but you're not going out and performing and until you go out and you shut me up with your performance mm-hmm. i'm saying i have questions now Last thing I want to throw out there, and this is I'm looking at an ESPN article where the headline of the article reads, Why the Cowboys Won't and Can't Trade for Joey Bosa. The question I'm going to throw out to you guys, is there an outside team? If you are a team outside of the Chargers who likes Bosa and it's like, you know what, we can get him to play for us. If we bring him in, we can get him to play for us. If you're that GM, you're the John Elway sitting in the top of the uh, front office, do you make a move to try to trade for Joey Bosa and get him away from the Chargers? You might be a team right now that's sitting there going, you know what, if if all they're worried about is this signing bonus and what, when it gets paid and stuff like that, and you're sitting there going, eh, we, we got the money, we can just pay it, we can do it right now, we can do it up front if that's what he wants. Maybe you're saying that, but I can't ignore the fact that I know contract disputes happen for all kinds of players, but I can't sit there and say, you're a rookie. I want this issue right now because right now I'm saying, hey, you're stubborn as hell. I don't think I want this guy who's stubborn as hell and who's making this kind of disrespect. His family is making these disrespectful comments to my organization, bringing up a really difficult time in our history, something we're still feeling the pain for as Equal Manning has two mm-hmm. Super Bowl rings for New York. I just don't want anything to do with it. It just doesn't just doesn't taste good right now. That's really what it comes down to. I personally would not, because I with this mentality right now, I'm all about the team. So if the Lions said we're going to try to trade for Bosa, you wouldn't be happy. We got nothing to give up. <laughs> but you can give up Maddie I- or Maddie Stafford. I forgot Maddie Ice is in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the Maddie Ice in Atlanta. But you can give up Matt Stafford. So you'd give up Stafford to replace <laughs> Philip Rivers? I guess that's. I guess that's, that's all. You, I guess that's yeah. all you got, right? Though. Stephon I mean, for, on, the, on, the, <laughs> on the fan perspective, like, yeah, my team has Joey Bosa all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled about it because Joey Bosa is a great player. But like you said, for team chemistry, he's a fucking cancer to his team right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's just right now it looks good until he shuts up and starts performing. He goes to practice. I don't like it. But mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where as soon as he turns that around, I'm sure we're not going to really remember this at all. Yeah. It's but just he just needs to right get now, to that point. It's just something right now where it's like it's a huge deal because you're not playing football. And you guys down below, whether you're on YouTube or Blog Talk Radio, um, let us know down below what you guys think. I'm going to now segue into the second one. And here's the segue I'm going to use. Apparently, Susie Bortles, the uh, the mom of Blake Bortles, very happy with the new rebuilt defense Is she in Jacksonville. Or worse than Cheryl? I have not looked at a picture, but it was uh, when I was looking. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to pull up the stats for Blake Bortles to move into that next one. The SB Nation site, it's BigCatCountry.com. They have the headline: Jacksonville Jaguars Daily. Blake Bortles' mom, a big fan of the rebuilt defense. So we're gonna move in now to Blake Bortles and kind of answer the question of: Is this a make or break season? For Blake Bortles, because he's been in the league since 2014 was the year he was drafted. First quarterback taken off the board, another number three overall pick. And in his two years in the league, his first year as a rookie, he threw for 200 and or 2,000 
908 yards, had 17 INTs compared to um, 11 touchdowns. Last year, the interception numbers went up by one. However, that touchdown margin went up to 35, and he had over 4,000 yards. Because of what we're seeing with Derek Carr, who was also— Derek Carr was drafted in that draft class. The Raiders are expected to do good things. Bridgewater was in that draft class, went to a playoff game last year. I mean, yeah, you're better than Johnny Manziel, who was the second quarterback taken in that draft. Mike, I'll start with you. Is this a make-or-break season for Blake Bortles? Um, Well, he's only been in the league, what, two years, you just said? This will right? be his third, This yeah. is his uh, junior campaign. Mm-hmm. He's shown definite improvement. Now that he has a passing game, he's becoming solidified with a uh, fuck. What's Gus's last name? Bradley. Gus Bradley. Yeah. Um, the problem is he hasn't had a consistent running game to help him out. Denard put swapping between Toby Gerhardt and Denard Robinson. Who was who was the who was their TJ Yeldon? They got TJ Yeldon. Yeah, that's who they drafted. But he got he got he was getting injured left and right. So they were consistent in the passing game because they had a consistent running game. And they had Allen to Allen. They had Robinson and Hearns. Exactly. So um, I wouldn't say it's a make-or-break year for Blake Bortles. So I don't know. I, I, I agree with Mike in the sense of it's still young. You can't say it's make-or-break. But at the same time, we saw some good improvement out of him. I mean, getting above 4,000 yards, awesome. Thrilled. He threw 24 more touchdown passes this year. You love it. Unfortunately, interception number also went up. That's the but big... it only went up by one. Yeah, but so I don't really want to see it the same. keep creeping. I don't want to, no, it didn't say the same. It went up by one. Okay. Is, we, we haven't is checked one, the f- Is one interception really that, like, important? Is well, really I'm just saying we jump? don't want to see that trend continue. But off the top of my head, to 19, I, I, yeah. we don't have any games. 19, 20, 20, yeah. 21. But are those interceptions by Bortles his fault? Miscoverage or uh, misroutes by his wide receivers? So we really don't know who's... Fault and you assume that the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's not that great, is probably probably down in a lot of games, probably needing to be, throw a lot. They're going to be better. The way I see it is with Jacksonville this year, think of this year for Jacksonville a lot like last year for the Raiders, where Mike was coming in our 2015 AFC West preview and saying, sign the parade, you're getting the five wins. This well, year, they got five last year. It's going to be well. That's what I'm saying. Blake Bortles for this year. Mm-hmm. That's going to be more on top of it. I got him as a seven win, eight win team. Nice. So yeah. seven, eight Could wins, be. middle of the pack. They're still behind the Colts and the Texans, but they're making that improvement forward into his then senior campaign next year. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue for for you know any really anyone in this division, but it's just full of quarterbacks right now. Andrew Luck's always going to be the best quarterback, most likely. Uh, Marcus Mariota looks like he's a very good quarterback. He looks like he can do things like Russell Wilson, like Cam Newton are doing. Then we also have the mystery, which is Brock Osweiler. Don't really know what we're seeing out of him. And like we said, you know, Blake Bortles is getting better. But is he going to be able to leap mm-hmm. up, or is he always just going to be like the second or third best quarterback in this division? That's a question that I think is more interesting because of the fact that, you know, you don't want to be you want to be the Aaron Rodgers. You want to be the Tom Brady. You don't want to be the Matt Stafford, you know, From, who's the second best quarterback in the division. And for this, I'm going to quote um, Colin Cowherd on this because he said it on his show in the past. He said that um, a scout when Bortles was coming out spoke to him and told him that it's like, oh, what would 
Blake Bortles comparison be? This scout that he wouldn't name who it was said that when you think about Blake Bortles, he's Aaron Rodgers with or not Aaron Rodgers, he's Andrew Luck with less talent. Mm-hmm. He's oh. he's he's Andrew Luck without the talent. I mean, of the talent Luck. is the the thing that it's makes Andrew Luck part. Andrew Luck. That's what I want. I want the talent. But here's the thing. Okay, they had a good passing attack last year. They did. He threw 35 touchdowns. We're happy with that. We're g- the one thing I'll say about the interceptions really quick, uh-huh. led the league last year. That's the bad thing. It was one more than Peyton Manning, who there had 17. Um, and Peyton Manning didn't play that many games, so we should throw that in there, too. That is an asterisk. Peyton Manning probably would have thrown a shit more of you know interceptions if he played every game. So, But the thing to think about with the Jaguars is really – they were one of the worst teams when it came to stopping teams from scoring on them. That is going to force Blake Bortles to throw the ball more often. So he's going to more likely throw interceptions. But it will also inflate his yardage. He will have more yards because of the fact that his team's throwing the ball well, that's constantly. That's how Stafford was thrown for 5,000 yards the mm-hmm. last couple seasons. They're too. always down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's the issue here is that. They also have one of the worst running games. If they have a better running game, which we're hoping they will this year, all these things are going to affect Blake Bortles to where I don't necessarily know if this is the make or break season for Blake Bortles. I think it might be Blake Bortles kind of coming into the situation of what he is. Is it his coming out party then? In the sense of like he's going to become a pretty efficient When's game his rookie manager, contract maybe. Up? Is that after next year? I believe so. I believe it's after next year. But is this his coming out party where it's like, Boom, Blake Bortles, because I'm looking at, and this is an article I brought up to you guys before we hit the record button today, was um, Mike Sando, an ESPN senior writer, came out with an article where he broke the quarterbacks up into five tiers. Tier one can carry his team each week. Team wins because of him. Tier two can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. And then tier three, that's where I'm going to stop because that's where Blake Bortles is legit starter but needs heavy run game and defense to win maybe that's why Susie Bortles is like hey man I like what's going on with this defense this new rebuilt defense because maybe she knows her son can't do it all on his own well because I've used Susie Bortles she's no she's no Cheryl no I, she, I looked it up she's not an airhead she, no 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 oh, oh no you're talking looks I'm talking looks right now okay but she's like that super supportive team mom in little league baseball or football she gets you could do it Blakey treats. She's the Woo. one. She cheers on everyone. She's <laughs> he, Blake Bortles might have the dad that's crazy that walks off on his own, or she just leaves the dad and goes to another part of the park. But she's there for the team 100%. The thing to remember for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Jalen Ramsey coming in, Miles Jack coming in. You look at the roster with guys like Julian, uh, Julian Thomas, who Julius Thomas, Julius, yeah, yeah, okay. I, thought, I knew that sounded weird when I said it. Only four hundred and fifty-five yards. Yeah, last did year. not perform anywhere near as, as well as he should have. Uh, the running back situation has to be better, but Hearns and Robinson, we're happy about that. We're thrilled that those two, you know, are there and they mm-hmm. need to continue to develop a little bit. But this team, it really has pretty much everything that they need now it's less of the is Blake Bortles going to have his coming out party it's more of is the Jacksonville Jaguars a real team and if things are not finally turning around if they can't get to an eight and eight season this year we have to ask some serious questions because this this you know roster is filled with talent it really is Blake Bortles does not have to be a great quarterback he doesn't have to be Andrew Luck he has to just be able to fit in 
to let the defense be better this year, to let the run game be better, and then continue doing what he was doing last year, game manage, throw less interceptions, uh, but all that should happen because they're not going to be down as often. They're going to have a better running game. So it's I don't honestly think Blake Bortles needs to do much. He just needs to kind of keep, keep on keeping on, really keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. And just because I looked it up, Mike, you asked about Bortles' contract. The way it's structured is he's entering the um, third year of a five-year deal. Next year could be his contract year. However, I'm just calling it a five-year deal because that fifth year is a club option. I'm assuming Jacksonville is going to pick it up. So he's not a free agent until after the 2018 season. So he's got next season, the year after, then he's an unrestricted free agent to sign wherever he wants. But I just I feel like Blake Bortles is this a make or break season. I don't know if I legitly gave an answer. No, it's not. I think the only reason why we're we're gonna start thinking this way is because what's going on across the pond and across the country for him with a quarterback that was drafted almost a full 32 picks after him and Derek Carr. If the Raiders make the playoffs and Jacksonville doesn't, then I think a lot of people, is it going to be justified? Maybe not. But a lot of them are going to go, wait, wait, wait a second. Why is this guy who was drafted that year making the playoffs, but we're not? Because L. Davis is dead. Because L. Davis is dead and they're no longer drafting yes. the fastest guy on the field. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's pretty pretty significant there. It depends on what Derek Carr does. Um, but I think they're looking at teams like the Minnesota Vikings, a team that drafted a quarterback that same time and said, hey, this is a complete team. That's what we're trying to achieve And in I will say, Teddy Bridgewater and Blake Bortles are the same in that sense. Whenever people tell me, oh, well, well, what, well you, you like Teddy Bridgewater? He can lead your team? Yeah, I'm confident in Bridgewater. Because we've got AP behind him. Mm-hmm. He can we're lead this him. team. Yeah, we're getting the yeah. weapons around him. We've got the solid defense. That's Teddy Bridgewater. If he has a team around him, he can lead him to the Super Bowl. He's not going to be the Tom. Like, I'm not looking for the Tom Brady who's going to will his way to a Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl. Blake Bortles is the same way. Give him a team that's around him. Even Derek Carr. you got to look at that team that's around Derek Carr. The kind of building that the Raiders have done with um, Latavius Murray was a good option for them in the backfield last year. They bring in Amari Cooper, who I hear Carr and Cooper are actually rooming together in training camp to try to build that chemistry. And then on the defensive side, when they go out and draft Khalil Mack to kind of build that defense moving forward, it's some of these quarterbacks, not not all of them are going to be Tom Brady. Not Mm -hmm. all of them are going to be Aaron Rodgers or even a Big Ben I'll throw out there. So most of them are going to be, hey, let's get him in the door. Let's build a team around him. And that's what you got to think of if you're a Jaguar fan. Yeah, it's definitely more, less the question of, is this break, uh, Blake Bortles, you know, make or break season? Is mm-hmm. this the Jacksonville Jaguars team make or break season? They can't continue to be under 500, I'll not a- with this talent. I'll ask you this question to kind of round it up a little bit. If Jacksonville does not make the playoffs, do we start saying let's get rid of Gus Bradley and get a new guy in there? I not necessarily if they miss the playoffs. If they're under five hundred, I think yeah, because it's more of the same. So if they're under eight wins, yeah, okay. If they they don't have to make the playoffs, um, they just have to get above five hundred for me. The good thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars, you never hear any bad press during the season about 
altercations, at least from my recollection. So why destroy that? Granted, if you're underperforming, which mm -hmm. you're probably expecting to, unless you live in the city of Jacksonville. Duval why, County. You know. But um, anyway, but why would you try to uh, destroy that chemistry that you're trying mm -hmm. to build up in the culture of mm -hmm. a team by, oh, let's get rid of the fucking coach. True. You've been building something for this long. I I think even if you're under eight wins, I think it's as long as you're better than last season. If you're under five wins, okay, let's have a discussion. You take six wins? Maybe. Well, depends on what kind of a six wins am I looking at. Am I looking at all of our losses were blowouts? Were there some games where it was like, oh, well, we lost on this one play? Did we lose on, like, you know what, this other quarterback willed his team to the victory? It really depends on how we lose those other 10 games in that situation. But really, to me, the target eight wins is the absolute, like, yes, that's a fucking Super Bowl-like season for us. Parade. Seven wins is still good. Six wins, I'm not extremely happy, but I'll I'll at least take it. I just think there's too much talent on on this team, and see, they've unfortunately had a lot of first round picks mm -hmm. get hurt in or you know Justin Blackman, so that's an issue. But they have so much building up, you just can't keep not having success. If you continue to not have success, it's a coaching problem. And going at back, that point, going back to the running backs, I looked up the roster. They picked up. Uh, this year, Jonas Gray and Chris Ivory to help solidify that backfield, too, in case Yeldon goes down. And well, and I mean, Yeldon only had, what, just over 700 yards last season? Yeah. And I mean, Chris Ivory had a pretty good year last year for the Jets. I think they'll lean on... I, Ivory would be the guy I would lean on mm -hmm. if I was the Jets, but like you said, even Jonas Gray... Yeah. now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Gray was with Miami last year, right? Yes. It was, he, he went from New England, New England to Miami. Yeah, it was two years. Because I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I remember him in that blue. And then I'm like, wait, I think he was in Miami. But you guys let us know down below what you guys think. Blake Bortles, is this a make or break season for him? We're going to move on into some quarterback battles that we're going to look at this preseason. And we've got four teams up at it. This is how we're going to go through it. We'll just kind of start the gambit. There's four of us. Two, Mark, I'm going to start. Well, I'll start with you. You'll pick which team we start with, and we'll just go around. Mark picks the first team. Mike picks the second team. I pick the third, and then Mark, you'll start it off mm -hmm. with the last team. We got four teams here, the Rams, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Broncos. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with the Broncos um, because theirs are the one that makes the least sense to me. You have a quarterback who has proven starting experience, mm -hmm. who has gone to multiple playoffs. He's gone to the AFC Championship. He's not been that far from a Super Bowl. He was most successful when on a team exactly like the team you have now. Powerful run game, great defense. Mark Sanchez is the obvious answer. For some reason, he cannot shake Trevor, or as I like to call him, Kevin Simeon. Kevin Simeon. Yeah. I call him Kevin Simeon because who the fuck knows who this kid is? He might as well just be a Kevin. But like, and then he, whenever you how bring, can he not shake him? Whenever you call him Kevin, I think a Kevin from the league. I don't know yeah. why. The funny thing, too, about it is I honestly, for the longest time, did not know his name was not Kevin Simeon. Well, that was like before the podcast. You're like, well, I think we call him. We call yeah. him Kevin. And Mike's like, no, Ricky said Trevor. I'm like, guys, <laughs> we all need to make sure that we know his name is Trevor Simeon, not Kevin Simeon. <laughs> No, but this is this is the quarterback situation where I go, what the fuck is going on? This is why with Denver, 
I have them as I can't give you the exact win total because I have them for our prediction videos, but this is why I have them as like in a sub five hundred team because the quarterback is yeah they're it's def- just like what the fuck's going on their, their defense is good but it's kind of like that yeah Peyton retired yeah I didn't want to give Brock his money. Nah, fuck it. We got these two. We'll figure it out as we go. We won a Super Bowl. What more do you want at this and, point? And what really kills me is, and I know there's going to be people in the comment section here, that the people that defend Mark Sanchez, oh, he, this is exactly the situation that he wants. He's got a good defense like he mm-hmm. had in New York, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that Mark Sanchez is gone. The butt fumble happened. And then he's been completely different ever since. Well, he's been on a shitty team ever since. Well, he though. went to the he went to the Chip Kelly Eagles. Yeah, I mean, even so the Jets kind of were pretty shitty towards the end of his his time there. I just I don't think he's the answer. I don't think Trevor Simeon's the answer either. I mean, this is going to be for the Broncos. This is let's pick who we who gets through the first nine games before Paxton Lynch starts. That's basically what you're doing. All right, so following that, let's go check out the Eagles. We have uh, Carson Wentz and Sam Bradford. Because right here, I'm I'm leading that they're going to go with Sam Bradford for the first four games. Bradford's right ACL is going to buckle underneath. Then we're I, going straight to Carson Wentz. Okay, I was going to ask. I'm like, why? Only the first four? And then, oh, that's why, because yeah. he's going to get Made injured. Made a glass. Yeah, it does. This one's tough. Um, you, you sign Sam Bradford to a good deal. The organization does. Uh, and then they go and they Chip trade. Kelly does. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> That's why I don't want to give credit to current. You know, I don't want Doug Pe- uh, Peterson to be like, eh, it's not my guy. But down in the comment section, of course, he's a regular listener. Um, but then they go, they trade to draft Carson Wentz. And it's the kind of thing where, like, it's such a tough choice because when you trade the entire farm for Carson Wentz, then you're not going to start the guy. Like, you just kind of have that moment of hesitation. But at the same time, you can't start him. He is nowhere near ready. The guy drafted before him, Jared Goff, isn't even. He's not even there. ready. He's not even ready. They're not even willing to give him the starting job. So how can you expect number two? I think these both these quarterbacks. Well, we'll we'll get to the Rams, but both these quarterbacks are probably going to get thrown in way too early. Uh, well, they have to. It's going to be because, disaster. Well, the Eagles, like you said, we'll get to the Rams a little bit later, but the Rams and the Eagles are in the same boat. They're probably going to throw these guys in way too early. And I love I love Carson Wentz. I think he's going to be great for this league. Like, he's going to be good later on. When I was watching his film for the um, draft stuff we were doing, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm going, he's kind of like a – like, I looked at his play and it's Big Ben. The arm, the running with it. However, I could also see a little Andy. Like I then I looked at his stats and his measurables, like how the draft profile had it. If you put up his numbers for the individual categories on ESPN and then put up Andy Dalton's, they are identical. Down the line, the exact same exact same draft profile basically from the ESPN one that I was looking at and I think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to get thrown in too soon because of what they gave up for him, and eventually the fans are going to be like, well, if we gave up so much, why is he sitting on the bench? Well, here's yeah. the, this is still Carson Wentz. Right? Yeah. So you said you looked up his draft prop and uh, put it against Big Ben? Well, no, it was Andy Dalton. Oh, they, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz had the identical draft profile for ESPN. Okay, well, that, that was back when T. TCU, right? Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yep. TCU is back in their heyday. Well, they're still in their heyday, mm-hmm. but they're still 
That's when they first started to hit the map. That was the Rose Back Bowl. Back when they were in the, what, Mountain West Conference? Yep, or? and they were yeah. in the Rose Bowl that year with the, the, little, uh, the little rose on the helmet. Here's the thing with Carson Wentz. Where did he go to school? North Dakota North State. North Dakota State. <laughs> Hey yeah. man, f- what? Four, I didn't even know there was a North Dakota four time four time national champion. I always wondered why South Dakota was called that. No, good I, job. You're 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 the fucking tallest <laughs> midget. Good work. Yeah, I think something actually to to bring up to you know recent news, but mm-hmm. also to bring it to Mike's point uh, with Lane Johnson and his suspension. Um, and I know this was a topic we chose not to talk about because he's on the offensive well, it's line. It's an offensive lineman. But like, that's eh. kind of guaranteeing that Sam Bradford gets injured, right? Yeah. No, it is. And then also doesn't it guarantee that Carson Wentz is going to throw at least like 30 interceptions because he's going to have zero time to set his feet, zero time to find an open no, receiver? Who's his, re- who's his receivers? I don't even know. Well, you've got Jordan Matthews is the number one that's, wide receiver. That's basically it. Um, Nelson Aguilar, and then they brought in Ruben Randall as the Ruben big free Randall? agent. So yeah, I, Ruben I would, Randall. I would, Ruben put, Randall. I would put their top three wide receivers as Jordan Matthews, um, Ruben Randall and uh, Nelson Aguilar, but Aguilar didn't have that great of a season last year. Nope. So nope. I mean, the only thing why I'm going to say I don't think Wentz would throw as many interceptions is because I think it would be more of a pressure gets to him instead of him not being able to get the ball off in time, he'll just take off with his feet because that's what I think is going to happen. So we're going to see a lot more. We'd see a lot more scrambles out of Wentz, which wouldn't be that good because your quarterback's getting hit. But he's got a big enough body to where mm-hmm. I, that's why I brought in Big but Ben. Where here's, it's like here's he's the, here's get the hit. problem: he's not used to getting hit by NFL players, and that's the thing. And I mean, even I bring up the oh, but he's got a body kind of like Big Ben. Well, yeah, Big Ben took how many hits, and now Big Ben now isn't as isn't as mm-hmm. mobile as Big and Ben used to even be. Even Big Ben was getting hit by D one guys. Yeah, Big Ben's be no, no, no. I'm saying snatching your people. I'm up. saying Big Ben. When he was in the NFL. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I'm saying that Carson Wentz here is not used to even getting hit by D1, D1 guys. Yeah. players. And uh, Ricky, correct me if I'm wrong, but our good friend, God bless his soul. I don't know where the hell he is anymore. Chris Duva. But here's the $64 question. I love the 64. The 60, we don't know. $64 question. He got that from the, I guess there is something in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, when I, I went there, I had to uh-huh. pick up. Whatever, that was four years ago. But the $64 <laughs> question there okay, is. Okay, hit me uh, with it. What is the percentage that Sam Bradford plays all 16 games this year? 20%. 20%? Oh, I was going to well, say zero. Okay, okay. Well, are we saying injury or getting pulled? Injury. I'm talking injury. Oh, injury, I'd say 20%. Uh, get pulled, more like he's 90% going to get pulled. It's pretty guaranteed he's going to miss at least part of one game. Well, because Carson Wentz has got to play this season. He's got to play. You gave up so much. You gave up mm-hmm. more than the Rams did also, just to get Carson Wentz. I mean, you got to think about this team. Once it gets towards the end here, when they're playing like the Bengals, the Redskins. And they they're get bad. To, yeah, once they get to December, I'm sorry, but there's no reason why you can't let that rookie start. You know, give him something to see NFL talent. I mean, the preseason is definitely not going to be enough. I mean, mm-hmm. just, by then, you probably like four so you, wins. Your so you anticipate nothing. a losing season for Eagles? Yes. I anticipate I, less than five wins for the Eagles. Yeah. Check back to the YouTube channel. I think it's Wednesday. My prediction for the Eagles comes out. It's not going to be good, but I could see them being okay. But it's not going to be good. Let, let's move on to the 49ers. And to me, this is the Broncos are the most interesting. This is the second most interesting because you have a quarterback in – Colin Kaepernick, 
who went to a Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl, and then you got a guy in Yo Gabba Gabba who is drafted by the Jaguars, now trying to re- re- resurrect himself is what I'm trying to say. Beats the Bears last year. There you go, Mark. And now Chip Kelly comes in, and shouldn't the clear winner be Colin Kaepernick? Shouldn't he be the clear winner in San Fran? You think it would be obvious because, you know, you talk about a guy like uh, Mark Sanchez earlier, starting experience, playoff success. Then you have uh, Colin Kaepernick, more starting experience. He has success in the playoffs. Guy got to a Super Bowl. He nearly won. He was a play away from winning a Super Bowl. But now he's just falling apart. Like, it just makes it obvious. You know, some people are system guys. It made it pretty obvious that the only reason Harbaugh. he has ex- has had success was, of course, Harbaugh. And he's gone. You don't have anything close to that in the coaching staff anymore. The defense was great before, too. We should give some credit to that. Defense is just kind of average now. It just seems like it was a flash in the pan. I would just say... Well, Chip Kelly's probably excited to take over the 49ers because Colin Kaepernick's very similar to like the quarterback that he likes for his ideal system, especially mm-hmm. when he was up in Eugene. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work out, that marriage between Chip and uh, Cap. Well, and it's all about, like, I think the only reason why I think Gabbert's even relevant in this conversation is because how he played last year. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it's the front office saying, hey, hey, we got this guy. I, if I'm Chip Kelly, I'm saying, like, Kaepernick's our guy. Because when Chip Kelly came in, there were even rumors that Cap wanted to get traded, that Cap yeah. didn't even want to, wanted to play for Chip Kelly. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, Colin Kaepernick basically did everything in his power to hand the job to Yo Gabba Gabbert. He wanted Blaine Gabbert to start so badly. You know, he did everything to fail last year. He looked terrible. This offseason, he was basically being the locker room cancer. He's... Just saying, nope, nope, I got to get out of here. I don't even want to try. You know, just kind of being a little bit of a kid in that sense. So he did everything he could. And I still think that that's a big reason for why Blaine Gabbard is in the conversation. Because otherwise, I mean, I don't even think with with all the off-field stuff, I would still give Colin Kaepernick the chance. I would say, you know what, this is just the slump. He's going to come back. He's going to prove himself next year. But with everything he did, with the you know wanting to be traded, begging to be traded, basically, but just not willing to take the pay cut, mm-hmm. that that alone makes me go, all right, I gotta look at Blaine Gabbert because this guy, I don't like what I see out of him. Yeah, and I mean, to me, if I'm Chip Kelly, no matter, I'm ignoring what happened. I'm starting Colin Kaepernick. He's the guy with Super Bowl experience. He's the guy that, to me, gives you the best chance to win in my system because. He's like, Mike, like you said, he's the guy that I look for. Yeah, would I rather have a Marcus Mariota? Well, of course, Chip Kelly tried to trade for Marcus Mariota when he was coming into the league. But Colin Kaepernick, to me, is the guy for Chip Kelly's system. Mark, take us through the last team we got. There's one left that we have yet to talk about. All right, well, the Cleveland Browns gave it to RG3. Congratulations <laughs> to RG3. Uh, Did they officially give it to him? Taking yeah. the Browns okay. to the it's, Super Bowl. It's his. It's his. Hey, you know, and him and Gordon, they're going to do great things out there. So uh, we had the L.A. Rams, new team. They got this battle that Jared Goff is not even close to winning. Uh, if I remember right, Jared Goff, I thought, was listed at number three on the depth chart. Um, Case Keenum is number one, right? Yeah, Case Keenum got then? it. 
Um, is that the guy from Oregon State that they have that I can't even remember his name? Manon? Is it Manon that's number yeah, two? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I would have to... I'm going to... you, Ricky, you say your thoughts on yeah, this, Sean and I want to pull up the... Yeah, well, and to me, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the guy. It's the Rams, to me, it's Case Keen... It's kind of... It's a completely different situation than what the Eagles have. The Eagles have a guy in Sam Bradford that Doug Peterson can start and feel confident in and be like, fine, he's a starter. You got Case Keenum. You got freaking Case Keenum, which I'd rather put out a sack For of For some reason, they're fine. They're fine with Case Keenum for well, some reason. Well, you know what? If Jeff Fisher wants to lose his job this year, then fine, start Case Keenum. Because if he starts Case Keenum for most of the year and they look bad, he's fired at the end of the year. If he starts Jared Goff, then he can at least play the card of, hey, look, look there's improvements from the rookie. Honestly. You gave me a rookie quarterback to use. He's pretty screwed him. no matter what. Well, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the coaches that I think is shit-canned by the end of the year. So, yeah. Speaking of screwed, the uh, Los Angeles Rams app still says St. Louis Rams. <laughs> nice. Nice. I just think that for this one, you know, he basically just came out and said, we traded for the number one pick. We traded quite a bit for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we drafted a guy who's not ready now, which is fine. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, you kind of have to commit to the he is not going to play at all. But then with Case Keenum being the other alternative, you know at some point the fans are going to be cheering for for Jared Goff to get well, out there. You I know kinda, what's happening. I kind of think about, um, of course, different situations because he was drafted later. But like when Tim Tebow was in Denver. Yeah. When do we start hearing the Jared, Jared? Because that sounds a little bit better than Goff, Goff. I don't know. Just hearing it in the stadium, Goff, 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 Goff. You know, and people, you know, people are buying those jerseys and and they're not, there's no reason to wear them. We want Goff. I I think that Case Keenum cannot, and the guy was what, like three and two? He can't lead this team. He's not going to be very successful. Uh, there's no other real option. Jared Goff is going to find his way out there, and that probably leads to a coach being fired. Not necessarily because Jared Goff is terrible, but he's going to be rushed into early. He's not mm-hmm. going to do that well. Team's going to be bad yet again, and for some reason, Fisher never gets fired for some odd reason. Um, That's that mustache. I, it has to be something. Tom Selleck-esque. So I just kind of think that, you know, there's no right answer for L.A. Of all these teams, this is the one where there truly is not a good option. There's nothing, there's I nothing say reliable. Just, I say just start Goff. Start the rookie. Because then if I'm Jeff Fisher, I can say, I I started what you gave me. Mm-hmm. You gave away so much for the so, first overall pick, and we drafted this kid. But is that going to set you behind, though, if you do start him right away? No, because your team sucks anyways. What pieces do you have around... What pieces do you have around a Case Keenum? You're still going to be that girly. Well, that's it. You're still going to be like I guess the, gets hit by, I uh, guess Cunningham. the ultimate win for the Rams is whoop de doo we weren't last. As long as we stay ahead of the Niners cuz you're not going to like you're not going to catch the Seahawks, you're not going to catch the Cardinals who are could be Super Bowl bound this year. Fuck, both of those teams could mm-hmm. be Super Bowl bound this year because the Seahawks are always really fucking good where the Rams, it's just, you know what? A win is, hey, we didn't finish last in the division, but yeah. they're still not going to be good. I think you have to look at it two ways for Jeff Fisher. You have to either say, hey, you drafted this guy. I'm starting him day one. 
because he's my quarterback. You drafted him number one overall. You have to look at it that way, which is not going to work in your favor because I think the management's going to say, what, you didn't think this was a good pick? Get the fuck off the team then. So that's the first option. The other option is he's a rookie. He's not ready. I'm sitting him. And it's not even a I'm sitting him until he's ready. It's nope, this year, shut down. Sorry, you're not playing. Here's your clipboard. Start learning because you are not ready yet. And I think you have to kind of make that commitment as opposed to just, oh, my team sucks. Now I'll put the rookie in because then you're just kind of showing that you don't really have a plan. At least that way you're saying, no, he is purely not ready. I have the plan for the future. Do you think the Rams have a plan in general? Hell no. Here's their plan to be a dumpster fire. Yeah, there's no plan. We came to L.A., woo, everyone's happy we're back in We're LA. here. We sold a bunch of jerseys because we got a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, We have a bigger fan base. We have a bigger fan base. Do we're they back know? home. Do nah, they have a bigger yeah. fan base? Does LA. a St. Louis Ram fan want to be a St. Louis Ram fan? You know what? I remember seeing some, like a collection of tweets that was fans being like, hey, Case Keenum, or like things like that, like Case Keenum's our quarterback. I'm glad you guys moved. Yeah. I don't have to cheer for you guys anymore. St. Louis is. A, I know it sucks losing your team, but they're a baseball town, anyways. Yeah. And the Cardinals were. They're always better, better off. They can cheer for the Bears now. Yeah. <laughs> or they can cheer for the Kansas Bears. City. Yeah, they can cheer, they can for, the cheer Bears, for the Chiefs. Though. The Chiefs are pretty good. Bears man. are going to go sixteen and zero this year, Ricky. So. Chiefs, hey, the Chiefs have Nick Foles. <laughs> Chiefs have, uh, they do have the Nick next Foles. Peyton Manning. They have some a quarterback say, as good as say. Peyton Manning. Some would say, right, Mark? Some but, would. Uh, so. The last and final, I think that's the end of the team. That's did, it. Did all of us give who we thought you said Case Keenum, I said Goff. Who did you say Oh, they I got start? Case Keenum starting. Okay, so two Keenums to my Goff. Let us know down below what you guys think about anything we talked about today. I want to thank Lions guy Mike Selinski for uh, coming on the podcast I'll, yet again. I'll see you guys next August. Yeah, we'll see you. Unless, unless we make now. the playoffs, you'll see me on. Oh, if the Lions make the playoffs, which won't happen, don't If we worry. get five wins, you'll see uh, me on. We'll see you back here, but uh, don't forget to, if you're listening to us on YouTube, great. However, if you're listening to us on SoundCloud, we are moving off of SoundCloud effective October 1st. You can check out all of the Most Valuable Podcasts podcasts at blogtalkradio backslash Most Valuable Podcasts. A link will be down below in the description. That again, August or October 1st, pardon me. We will be moving from SoundCloud and only be on Blog Talk Radio forever after that. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Our Twitters are down in the description. Go check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help promote the channel other than hitting that like and subscribe button. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.